Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about taming email. Mitchell, a senior vice president at a consumer products company, led a worldwide division of 1,200 people. Nine months before our coaching began, he had rolled out a major initiative that he had hoped would be a shot of adrenaline for the division. Instead, people had received it, he said, with a big yawn. Ryan was a senior director at a software giant. Unlike Mitchell's large global audience, Ryan's team was made up of just five engineers. In Ryan's year-end feedback, Four of the five engineers had raked him over the coals. They described him with words like uncaring, mean, and brutal. Jessica adored her role as a vice president at a television network. She was on track to be promoted to senior vice president within the year. Each of her shows had a dedicated creative team, marketing team, and producing team, all of them geographically diverse. She said, We do brainstorms through email, and they're fantastic, but no one can keep track of all the ideas. We keep covering the same ground over and over. It's insane. Brief detective work on my part revealed that all three of these high-performing executives had stepped on that most treacherous workplace landmine that has ended careers and resulted in prison sentences. Email. Mitchell rolled out his initiative in a series of lengthy, well-written emails. In return, he received a yawn. Ryan delivered performance feedback to his engineers via email. In return, he received a scalding. Jessica and her team used email to generate terrific ideas they couldn't retrieve later. They wasted precious hours, and they always worried they had lost a gem. Because email consumes such a huge part of our workdays, some studies say up to 25%, any action you can take to make your email even a little more productive can have huge payoffs. Of course, entire books are devoted to email protocol, and user guides are full of instructions about how to program your software so it'll sort your email more efficiently. Those are important resources. Please use them. But I want to give you my six top email tips. Using any one of them will buff your emails. Two or more will improve your effectiveness. Applying all six will give your emails executive presence. You ready? Okay, here's the first idea. Mitchell rolled out his initiative through a series of four emails. I saw them. They were beautifully written and long. I wasn't surprised he had used email to communicate his strategy. Many leaders do. And it's understandable given that more and more teams are spread out across time zones and continents. But I'm also not surprised when I hear that, like Mitchell, these leaders get a big yawn in reply. I asked Mitchell how many emails he got every day. He said about 300. I asked when did he read his emails. He said he often read them on the elevator between meetings. How, I asked him, did he decide which ones to open? He said first he looked at the sender, then the subject line, and then whatever text was visible in the preview window. Only after those three tests would he actually open an email. And then I said to him, 
Don't you suppose that people in your division are just as busy as you are? What makes you think that they would take the time to read and think about each of those long emails of yours? He smiled impishly and said, Because they're from me. And we both laughed. I told Mitchell what I tell many of my clients. Don't use email as a leadership tool. Your email is going to be scanned on the run in a preview window. Write accordingly. So here's the first of the six tips for improving your email. Use email to convey information. Email is not an effective communicator of strategy or a decision-making tool or an inspirational jolt. When you need to communicate new initiatives or changes in direction, only use email as a follow-up to a video conference or a webcast. Use email to convey information. Okay, that's number one. Here's number two. When I asked Ryan if I could see the emails he had been sending his team, he was defensive. They're not tirades, he said. I wasn't ranting or name-calling. That's true, he wasn't. But he was sending very specific performance feedback to his engineers. Ryan's emails had words like, bad choice, big mistake, unacceptable, and ineffective. Now, by themselves, those words might not appear emotional. But I understand why the engineers had an emotional reaction when they read those words about themselves. It's small wonder they struck back. So here's the second of the six tips. Email is best suited for information that has no emotional content. Email is not an effective management tool or a way to guide projects. It simply doesn't succeed when communicating any message with any emotion in it. Email is best suited for information. Now, on the other hand, I do encourage you to send what I call bravo emails. Send those often. Email is great for quick acknowledgments of small wins. So that's number two. Don't manage through email, and certainly no emotion in email. Here's number three. Jessica's dispersed teams used email as a forum for developing their shows. She said to me, Just the other day I spent I don't know how long trying to find an idea one of my producers tossed into an email a month or so ago. I finally found it, but it was buried in the middle of an exchange about one of our other shows. Email threads often flow like robust dinner conversations but they're not effective as wide-ranging conversations. Emails are business documents. I felt Jessica and her team would benefit from my three rules about subject lines in email. Many people find these rules pretty radical, but they make a huge difference. These three rules about subject lines are tips number three, four, and five. Ready? Here's the first rule about subject lines. Each email should only be about one topic. Now, this doesn't mean you can't write about multiple items within one email. For example, you could write a subject line that says, five action items for the Denver meeting. Now, that's a great subject line. Are there five items? Yes. But it's all about one topic. And let's say that next quarter you need to reconstruct what went wrong during the planning phase. Well, it'll be easy to reconstruct the history. This one discipline 
saved Jessica and her team countless hours of frustration. This third tip, one topic per email, requires a big shift in your thinking. Okay, here comes tip number four. Change the subject line when the content changes. Email threads can continue for weeks with dozens of people chiming in. The discussion rarely remains on the same topic all that time. The tendency is to simply hit reply all time after time, leaving the original subject line in place no matter what's being discussed. So you might be adhering to tip number three, one topic per email, but the body of your email could be a completely different topic from the subject line. This fourth tip requires discipline. Change the subject line as the content changes. Okay, that's number four. Here comes number five. Create subject lines that state clearly what action you want from the receiver. Listen to this subject line. Agenda items. Is that actionable? No. The receiver doesn't know what you want. Try this instead. Deadline today. Submit off-site agenda items. Now that's actionable. The receiver knows exactly what you want. Here's another example. Subject line. Candidate interviews. Is that actionable? No. The receiver doesn't know what you want. Try this instead. Subject line. Sign up. VP candidate interview time slots. Response needed. I'm going to say it again. Sign up. VP candidate interview time slots. Response needed. That's actionable. The receiver knows exactly what you want. Let me do one more. Subject line, meeting recap. Does the receiver know what you want? No. So it's not actionable. Try this instead. Subject line, action items from the October 20th staff meeting. The receiver knows exactly what that email's about. That's actionable. So tip number five, write actionable subject lines. Okay, here comes number six. I shared this tip with Mitchell and Ryan and Jessica. It's my number one secret for writing more effective email. It's really simple to understand, but it's a challenge to execute. You ready? Stop asking questions in email. Think about that. I'm suggesting you don't ever type a question mark unless you really have to, and I'll bet you don't have to very often. Look, when we're talking on the phone or sitting across the desk from someone, it's completely natural to say, is that okay? Or what do you think? Or would it be all right if I... It's also completely natural that we would write those questions into our emails. But email doesn't need to be a back-and-forth dialogue. I challenge you, every time you type a question mark in an email, ask yourself how to change the question into a statement. Instead of, is this okay with you? You would write, at the end of Business Wednesday, I'll do as I've stated unless you direct otherwise. Eliminating questions from your email isn't an easy shift in style. 
If you can do it, though, you get three benefits. Number one, you remove a burden from the receiver because you don't convey that you're waiting for their reply. Number two, you'll reduce how many emails you send and receive, I promise. And number three, you will sound more assertive. That's the sixth and final tip for improving your email. Stop asking questions in emails. So those are my six tips for improving email. Here they are in bullet point form. Number one, use email to convey information, not strategy. Number two, avoid any emotion in your email, unless it's to say, bravo. Three, each email should only be about one topic. Number four, make sure your subject line matches what you're writing about. Five, write actionable subject lines so the receiver knows exactly what you want from them. And number six, stop asking questions in email. Those six tips applied consistently will give your emails the look and sound of leadership. Are there other tips for improving your email? Of course. If you have a favorite way for taming your email, I would love to hear it. Go to the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. And hit the Contact Us button and share your tips with me. I would be grateful to hear them. While you're on the site, you can browse the full archive of all the executive coaching tips by hitting the button marked Coaching Tips. There are over a 100 tips to help you be perceived the way you want to be perceived. When you're in the archive, you can download every tip as a PDF to save for yourself or forward to others. If this episode caught your interest, four others that you might listen to are Communicating with Clarity from January 2013, Driving Your Message Home from December 2007, Sounding Executive, March 2006, and Three Little Phrases with Big Impact, December 2010. When you're on the website, there's one other thing you can do. Many podcast listeners tell me that in addition to subscribing to the podcast, they also like receiving the HTML email version of the Executive Coaching Tips. If you'd like to get the email version too, just hit the subscribe button when you're on the website. I would love to add you to the list. This podcast is being posted in December 2013. I want to wish all of you a healthy and happy holiday season surrounded by friends and family. And I wish you great success in the coming year. Until next time, this is Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.